Hello, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to Macabre Minds, a true crime podcast. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, after two two weeks. weeks. Yeah, I think two weeks. And um, yeah, Emily had a lot of fun. I've been having lots of fun. It's just been it's just been a busy two weeks for us. Yeah, there's you know a holiday and a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, family, lots of lots of family time. Yes. Um, but yeah, no. So we just obviously covered our uh, deranged animals series. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I liked that a lot. But now. We're going into a Ripper series, right? Yes. Yeah. So true um, crime again. Yes. Back to <laughs> murder and mayhem, as my grandma mm-hmm. would say. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't planning on making this a series, but then after I finished the research of this case, I was like, you know what? There are a lot of cases that, like killers, who are called Ripper of something. So I thought... Let's not why or why not pick out some of the craziest ones? So yeah. Right. I was telling Kendrick that my husband that we're doing the Ripper series. And he's like, oh, like on Jack the Ripper. I'm like, well, actually, like Ripper is not necessarily just for Jack the Ripper. Right. Exactly. But what do you know like what really defines a Ripper? So yeah. Um, he is the original, like that is the first time that term has ever been used was Jack the Ripper. Um, and a Ripper killer is typically known because it'll follow his MO. So lots of like stabbing and kind of like cutting open. And also the targets are mainly prostitutes. So that kind of, it's like a vicious, you know, not just, not that a gunshot is like not bad, but you know, like it a lot of force behind it is kind of like a ripper right like comes in angry quick and like in and out but is incredibly just destructive with it right yes like a very gory messy kind of kill yeah and it happens like that yes yep okay that's what i kind of was describing to kendrick too exactly that is exactly it that um defines you know a ripper other than you know any a different kind of killing serial killer yeah yeah right as opposed to other serial killers fits kind of that mo yeah all right so so which ripper are we are we covering then so i don't know why but i just i didn't want to start with jack the ripper even though he was the original i'll definitely i definitely will but um we are starting with the yorkshire ripper um obviously from yorkshire england um this was in the 70s as well oh so not not too long ago not too long ago no i always picture rippers being like from back like during the time of jack the ripper what was that like 1890s yeah very close 1888 yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. i always picture it being like around that time so yeah 70s is 
not I mean I guess at this point it's over 50 years ago but still yeah yeah doesn't seem like that far long ago that long far ago what am I trying to say not that not far long ago no that's not right (laughs) what am I saying Emily not that long ago like okay so just don't say far yeah don't say far okay all right I don't know I don't know why I was struggling with that oh my gosh bless (laughs) all right let's get into this so um officer Andy Laptu uh was sent to Leeds for a murder and in Leeds, they found a woman who was brutally beaten, uh, her body, that is, um, 28-year-old Wilma McCann, and she was found only yards away from her house in a field, like like a soccer field, football field, they'd say, um, like right behind her house, which is tragic. You're so close. Um that's like extra scary. Yeah. Cause I mean, she could have been taken out the trash just Exactly. Like just outside of her own home. That's where you're supposed to feel the safest. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been beaten on her head. Uh the police did not publicly disclose the extent of her injuries, but later Mike Green, who is the forensic pathologist, Revealed she was struck twice on the back of her head, stabbed in her abdomen, and her breasts. And he said what was strange about it, I mean, extra strange, I guess, um, was that the murderer obviously had, like, moved the knife around, like, in the wound, and then, like, taken time to, like, stand back and look at it, like, look at the wounds before going in again. And I'm I'm guessing they know that because of like they can determine like the time of like the wounds of so obviously there was there had to have been like some time between one wound and the next um that they could tell that. Yeah. That's Very so weird. interesting. That is so weird. Like why why actually take the time in between each one and like it that is so bizarre. That's really yeah. creepy. Mm-hmm. For real. And just it like it just shows the amount of aggression or just whatever pent up trauma that that person has that mm-hmm. they're mutilating her in this way. It's yeah. Horrible. Really gross. Um, her son, Richard McCann, um, who was just a young kid at the time, remembers like people giving him and his. Uh, sister I believe attention and like hot cocoa and he thought wow like this is so lovely like everyone's being really nice and giving us everything we wanted like not realizing like what was going on and then an officer came to tell them the truth like what happened not in so many details of course because they're children um right and that would just that'd be a really hard moment. And then they were sent to a children's home, unfortunately. I mean, oh I guess goodness, that's the best. That's so sad. You didn't really have other family, unfortunately. But that's I think so they sad. did like, stay, stay together, though, at least. That's good. That's really good. I know. Like you're just one minute you're like, like 
Ooh, more hot cocoa. Thanks. So friendly, so nice. And then you find that out. You're like, yeah. oh, so you guys weren't just being nice to me. That'd be hard for them to like trust any like nice action then after well, that, you know? I'm, like afraid of it. Yeah. Sadly. Like, what's behind this hot chocolate now? What are you about to tell me? Right. Um, Wilma earlier that night was at a club and then about 1 a.m. she asked for a lift back to Scott Hill Road um, in Chapel Town. And that area is the main area for like prostitution. And then they find out Wilma was a prostitute. And so um, kind of made her sadly like an easy target you know to somebody like the killer right it's Um, a very vulnerable group yeah and tony harney and alan whitehouse who were two reporters at the time they recall that wilma's story about what happened to her was what they call a fish and chip paper so basically you read the newspaper you read it shrug and then get over it and use that paper as like to wrap your fish and chips in later so like basically oh. like, no sympathy from the public like at all they like, didn't it's kind of like our way of saying oh milk carton kid right yeah like just some something that you'd slap on the side of a milk carton exactly yep that you don't really pay attention to um no one paid much attention to her because she was a prostitute was poor you know not from a good part of town um, and some people even said, like, she got what she deserved, which is terrible. Nobody deserves that ever. Why, yeah, why do people always have to go there? Yeah. Like, this is still a mother, for one, who mm-hmm. was just, for whatever reason, needed to try to make ends meet. I mean, clearly she had no one else Yeah, for her children. And then... They have. To, I'm not like supporting what she was doing, but also you can sympathize with it for sure. People yeah. going there saying she deserved no, no one deserves this. She's not a horrible person, and it's or horrible. like the she's asking for it pisses right. me off. Like, no, no, you're not. Yeah. Um. Her children remember her as like a survivor who fought and struggled for money and to provide any way that she could. So they don't, like, her own kids, even as adults, like, don't look down on her for anything and still love her, so. No, it's sad, like, what she probably had to go through. It's not like she necessarily wanted to do that, but she had two children she was trying to support and give a good life. Yeah. I'm sure most women don't go up dreaming of doing that as a living. Like, it's usually desperation what else is out there that you know you feel you can't do anything else yeah right like she yeah she didn't have the opportunity to do anything else sorry right um and then in january 1976 a body of another woman was found at the rear end of a bakery in chapel town uh, it was 43-year-old Emily Jackson, who's a mother of three. She was found in the alleyway with her feet toward the road, like, sticking out of the alleyway, like, toward the road. 
So like if you were coming around the corner, you would just see her her feet like sticking out. Um not far from Wilma at all. Like same area. Um Emily was also a prostitute. She had a husband who was about to go bankrupt and he was about to be prosecuted for like the money problems that they were having. So she decided that was how she had to make money because it would be fast and easy. Um, Unfortunately, her son, Neil, was asked to identify his mother's body, which is not something... He was young too. Like I can't believe really. That's crazy. That's that's so sad. Why couldn't the husband do it? I think he might have been in jail or something. Um, Oh my gosh! But still, they could have pulled him out of jail to identify a body. I would think. Yeah. Why would you traumatize someone's a, a child like that? Yeah, I'm not sure how old he was at the time, but. Still, in that's his documentary, mother. I think he was probably like in his 40s or 50s, and this was in the 70s, so probably mm, like not too old. Yeah. 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 Um where was I? Oh, so Emily was stabbed 56 times. 56 times. That is crazy. Um, that is so aggressive and yeah. hateful and angry mm-hmm. this person has severe issues like is that is beyond what is needed to kill somebody like that is because you want to just yeah yeah that's overkill and ugh, creepy oh so scary mm-hmm. um she also had circular depressed fractures at the back of her head And the similarity of injuries with Wilma's was very clear to Mike Green, the forensic pathologist. And the murders are connected pretty quickly. But the police begin announcing this killer hates prostitutes. So basically it's out in the public's mind like, oh, if I'm not a prostitute, I'm safe. So by the police announcing that, that's kind of what the attitude was. People are like, I can go about... My regular business, I'm not a prostitute. So. See, and that's such a dangerous way of thinking. For one, it's only two people. Right. And it's a it's a vulnerable group. It's mm-hmm. it's women that are out on the streets late at night. Yeah. So yeah, they're more likely to get grabbed just in general, not even just because they're prostitutes. Exactly. So you should So it's such a dangerous generalization mm-hmm. already. For sure. That's giving people like a false sense of security. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there is a killer in your area. You should all be worried, no matter what. And take right. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, um, I know with, um, oh my gosh, why am I blinking? That that one killer, I, why am I, we've covered him before, and they just put out a big documentary with, um, with the actor you really like. Dahmer. Oh my gosh. Jeffrey oh. Dahmer. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. That was horrible. Oh, yeah, with uh, Evan Peters. Evan Peters, yes. I was going to say Peter. I was like, what's his name? Yes. <laughs> um, Yeah, Dahmer. I well, still that's haven't what... seen that, have you? Sorry. I, I still haven't. I haven't watched it either. 
I haven't because the the issue with me is I have a a toddler running around, <laughs> yeah, and so I can't just have that on the TV. <laughs> and then, and then in the evenings, that is the last thing I don't want to be creeped out. And it's no, like exactly, yeah. I hear it's really intense. So yeah. yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet. I plan on it someday. Yeah, me too. Sometime. Yeah, but I'm I'm shocked you haven't seen it yet. I know. I don't know. That's that's really surprising no, for me. Haven't. Um, and then there's also what was I saying about him though? Oh, but that was the issue was they were thinking he was going after one group of people, just gay men. Yeah. When there was a couple one-off instances where he, where he killed other people, mm-hmm. or like he killed a child at one point. I think like fourteen yeah, years like old. Fourteen years old. Yeah. So it's like so no no one is safe with killers like this. Mm-mm. if, if there's no one yeah it, it's just like opportunity at that point yeah the murder weapon that was used was a phillips screwdriver so not even a knife like that no <gasps> got to hurt because that is not even oh like my God. that's dull like that's yeah. that's not sharp no oh my gosh and then they also found a forceful stamp of like a boot like a boot print it was like that hard on her thigh it was a size seven shoe so they were hopeful that that would be a good clue um to help track him down oh Um, my gosh okay so i mean i have a couple thoughts for one once again showing anger mm -hmm. and just that's so violent person after you stomping on someone yeah and then so it's a little man yes yeah Se- that was- size seven that's someone that's not that's not a six foot not average yeah that's that's below average shoe size i'm sorry to whoever mm-hmm. has size sevens maybe the, i mean i guess it doesn't really always correlate with height yeah. foot size mm-hmm. but i feel like you can't be six foot three and have a size seven foot that just yeah. doesn't you'd be I feel like you would not be very sturdy on your feet. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like your base has to be a little longer. I don't know. <laughs> just lo- I don't really know how that works actually, but just logically, I feel like that would mean that this person's got to be shorter. Right. Yeah, most likely, probably. That's what the police thought too. They were like, "Oh, oh. a size 7 is a good clue because they're not a very like tall or big person probably right okay (laughs) so same track yeah okay good i'm Uh, not just assuming here (laughs) no but then they didn't have much to go off of and even with that clue it was difficult and unfortunately in april 1977 28 year old irene richardson was found by a dog walker in round hay park lying face down her feet toward the road and then her boots were laid very neatly on the back of her legs and her purse was next to her and all of the contents that were in her purse were like carefully laid out and arranged next to her body so creepy maximum display effort basically yeah her body had totally been arranged like just like um Emily's legs were facing the street like her they were purposefully 
put out like for somebody to find easily. Ugh, how creepy yeah. is that? Super creepy. Like all the contents of the purse being lined up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. That is like the most serial killer creepy psychopathic behavior to me. I um mm-hmm. I have a story that's <laughs> it's a funny story, but <laughs> um <laughs> go for it. So I mean it's sad and funny. Um Rooster, my dog, found a bunny's nest. Oh no. He, well, okay, I don't know if it's a hundred percent him, but I mean I have a fenced in yard. And yeah. anyway, I didn't even know that the bunny's nest was there. But I look at my picture window and I see that there's four baby bunnies lined up. No. Like like a freaking serial killer here. Rooster. Like like, what is he doing? Any uh-huh. other dog would, you know, like, toss it up in the air, whatever, eat it, I don't know, and then leave it in the yard or something. And then, but he lined them up. Oh, my God. And, I mean, I, no. I don't know. That's why I'm, like, <laughs> questioning if it was him because that is not normal behavior. No. That is creepy. Well, it's kind of like, like cats kill mice and, like, my cats used to like leave the mice like in our bedroom like doorways. Like, look at me, aren't you proud of me? <laughs> oh yeah. Like they'll bring it, yeah, to like the front door. I've heard yeah. of that, but yeah, no, but it wasn't like that where it was like brought to me, like, oh look, look what I did. Yeah. It was just displayed. Oh. Four perfectly lined up little bunnies. It That's was so creepy. creepy. So <laughs> creepy. I'm like, my dog is a serial killer. So anyway. <laughs> so the lining of things up freaks me out and it's definitely psychopathic behavior yeah it's definitely weird um sorry that's not funny. i thought i had to had to share that <laughs> really light-hearted well i don't know it's sad buddy still died but <laughs> better than better than women dying i guess oh yeah Anyway, so, so this poor woman. Oh, also, why is it always the dog walker that finds? I feel Uh, like there's so many stories where a dog walker is the one that finds dead bodies. Yeah, don't walk your dogs. Yeah, that alone is why I would never (laughs) be a dog walker. No, for real. I mean, you're walking your dog in places that I guess are the perfect place to dump body i guess so it i have heard that so many times a dog yeah. walker found a dead body would be like no thank you <laughs> turn the other way pretend i didn't see it well no yeah. i couldn't do that no i, I, would not. I wouldn't i would i de- <laughs> i definitely would probably assume it was a mannequin at first because that's what like everyone always assumes too yeah because your brain doesn't instantly go dead body I, I think mean, actually, mine probably would, but mine does now. I know. Oh. My neighbor, my yeah. neighbor was drying something like a, like a, like it looked like a snowsuit. Was hung something from their, um, from their patio and was drying it. And I thought, I, I thought it was a dead body for a second. <laughs> Out in the <laughs> open. And yeah, I was like, oh my god. And then I realized. 
And I'm like, why does my brain go there? And well, obviously it's probably because of this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. Me too. It's terrible. Yeah. I think I think dead body before I think anything else, actually. I saw okay. I I might have snapped at it. This was like about a month ago, but I was driving um just down the road, like minding my own business, and like I was at a stop like a stop sign or something and I like looked to my left and there was like you know those like storm drains on the curbs on the side of the road yes you did snapchat me (laughs) and I scared the crap out of myself because it was I'm pretty sure it was just like a like a white basketball or something and I my brain instantly was like there's a head in that storm (laughs) drain and I screamed like in my car like it startled me that much and then I looked actually and was like that's like a ball or something and I was like yeah Pennywise. it's my yeah, right. yeah you did snapchat that to me oh god well, I yeah I mean anytime I see like a garbage bag or something on the side of the road I'm always like what's in that bag yeah you never you never <laughs> you, nev- you don't you never know scary yeah very very scary okay anyway let's continue with the story anyway. So the pattern is starting to emerge of a blow to the head, the person dies, the mutilation takes place after they're already dead, Um, there's no sexual activity, like no, you know, rape or anything, thankfully there's that, Um, and the obvious display of the body. So that is the pattern that they're starting to and, like, the similarities that they're starting to connect throughout these three cases. <clears throat> um, and then the newspapers started titling it The Ripper, and people really latched onto this reincarnation idea of a prostitute killer, just like Jack the Ripper was. Right, and exactly. It evolves from that to the Yorkshire Ripper, as that is okay. the place that they're at, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it starts to get a little more serious to the public and to the police, um, Jim Hobson, who's detective chief superintendent, was promoted to the case, and Keith Hallowell, who is a superintendent of the Bradford Police, which is a neighboring town, I believe. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Um, the city police and the county police in England were at the time were like viewed very differently it was like country crime versus like the big city crime um but they were combined those police forces for the first time and then on top of that they're dealing with their very first serial killer ever so it was a lot of chaos and confusion within um the police force there at the time that would be so messy just like, I'm sure now, because that, that was in the 70s. So yeah. there aren't a lot of serial killer cases by then, just mm-hmm. in general. Serial so killer wasn't these... even a term at this time. Right. So they haven't really developed, okay, what do we do in this situation? Like, protocols. Like, I'm sure now there's got to be some type of protocols. And then now we at least have internet or, like, have our computers that we can store all this information on and it can be easily accessed from wherever you are yeah so that would be so hard to keep all that information straight Mm -hmm. 
before you had all that those computers and protocols for sure it's just so much and we'll get into that too of how crazy all the work was um so the whole force is anxious and worried they basically have nothing they found a tire mark at the last scene so they were very hopeful that this tire mark could lead to something but they also didn't want to alert the public that they were looking at cars and the tire marks specifically because then people might change their tires um so they start stopping men who are driving alone in their vehicles running their plates um and the police suspect that the killer knows that they're looking um and is able to avoid them pretty easily unfortunately so the whole car search kind of leads to nothing but they keep doing it anyway just in case i mean time and time again we've seen killers be stupid and air and act arrogantly you know mm-hmm. when when um they know that they're being looked at but then they're still keeping like evidence in their cars and just stupid yeah. things Dumb. But you would think, like, he's presenting it. He wants them to be found. So I would imagine that he would be as careful as possible and as mm-hmm. clean as can be Yeah. anytime he'd go out in public. You think? Um. So then John Domel, Domel, um, is made the detective chief superintendent of Bradford. And in April 1977 in Bradford, Patricia Atkinson, who's 33, was found in her home. And it had been two months and 18 days since the last murder. Um, She was the fourth woman killed within 10 miles of each other in 18 months. Are you kidding me? That is such a small zone. Exactly. Yeah. Like really small. What the Um, heck? She was also the first of the victims killed in her own home, which is like a much more personal setting. All the other victims were killed like outside. Um, And there were footprints of blood that showed the killer had gone to the door, looked at the layout of the room, and then went back into the room to arrange the body how they wanted it to look. Ew. Oh, my gosh. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you already say, was she also a prostitute? She was. Yeah. Okay. I did not say. In her own home, though. Yeah. That they is think so she, messed she up. Have, like, she may have, like, brought him in to mm-hmm. her home. And, yeah. Because there wasn't any, like, forced entry or anything. Yeah. But still. And then, and then setting it up a certain way. Ooh, that creeps mm-hmm. me out. Because I don't Gross. understand what's behind that. The yeah. why. I don't get it. That's super gross. So that was in April when Patricia was found. And then in June of the same year, so just a couple months later, um, Jane McDonald was found in a playground. She was 16 years old. Um, Are you kidding me? I know. See, that's what I was talking about. Like, nobody's safe. Just a girl. In a playground, too. Mm -hmm. That's so sad. They 
believe she was not killed there, but there were like drag marks through the grass. So they think she was just left there because it was like a very open place. Um, That's so messed up. Like, because then another child could just easily find that. Mm hmm. <sighs> Yeah. It's so messed so up. Horrible. This person it has such a jacked up mind. Yeah. And like the need to for the that kind of attention too, like not even wanting to hide it. That's that's something wrong with your brain for sure. It is. I mean, the, there's clearly such an anger towards women. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, the need to display it too. Yeah. And make it so public freaks me out. I just I think that, like, he's clearly he. Hopefully, it's just because he's trying to like send a message. And I'm saying hopefully because the other reasons why are just sadistic and creepy. Yeah. I mean, all of them are sadistic and creepy, but like the other, the other reasons really just send me. Um, at least like, not at least, but. Maybe he's trying to send a message because he just hates women in general. And mm -hmm. he just, especially prostitutes. Yeah. But 16? 16. So why was, so what's her story? So they're not really sure. She, Jane lived at home with her parents. She worked at a supermarket. Normal girl. Her mother thought she had died in a car crash at first. Like when the police came to her door she was like oh my god jane is dead like did she get in a car crash like she never thought like murder that her you know no. would have been murdered yeah um yeah right and the police described her this really irks me as the first innocent kill oh my Basically, gosh like the other because she was like just a 16 year old girl and the others, I guess, were not innocent because they were prostitutes, which is... That's so sick. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, come on. That was in the 1970s. Yeah. They should have been a little bit self-aware. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think. Like, um, no one deserved that. Yeah. No, not at all. And Jane's death was the first... Um. Her murder was the first one on, like, the front page of newspapers. It became a national story, widespread panic. All of a sudden, everyone's thinking about it, and there's, like, a public outcry. And she's, like, the fourth murder at this point, and nobody had really cared before. This is why, this is why serial killers go after prostitutes, too, because clearly his my, doesn't have a sexual... Um. Uh, what is the MO. word I'm looking for? Mo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's if he wants to kill someone, unfortunately, they're easy targets because you can easily get them alone for one, mm -hmm. and they like people don't try when they go missing. Yeah. They have these thoughts of, oh, they they deserved it. They should have known better. Blah blah. Mm -hmm. And then it just gets swept under the rug. Yeah. That it's is really so nasty. messed up. It's it's prostitutes and homeless people both just get so, their murders get so ignored. It's so sad. Yeah. 
And yeah, unfortunately, killers catch on to that and they're not wrong, sadly. Um, but now there is some heat on this case and George Oldfield, Oldfield starts a new team working on it in response to this public outcry. And they decide to put a letter into the newspaper addressed to the killer, thinking maybe he'll feel bad. So this is what the letter said. You've killed five times now. In less than two years, you have butchered five women in Leeds and Bradford. Your motive, it is believed, is a dreadful hate for prostitutes. A hate that drives you to slash and bludgeon your victims. But inevitably, that twisted passion went terribly wrong on Sunday. An innocent 16-year-old lass, a happy, respectable working-class girl from a decent Leeds family crossed your path. How did you feel yesterday when you learned that your bloodstained crusade against streetwalkers had gone so horribly wrong, that your vengeful knife had found so innocent a target? Sick in mind, though you undoubtedly are, there must have been some spark of remorse as you rid yourself of Jane's bloodstains. So, not exactly helpful. No, that gets me so, so annoyed. It's infuriating. I mean, for one... He, they're just openly just making a, an assumption that this was an accident, that yeah. he didn't mean to kill this sixteen year, this innocent 16-year-old girl. Yeah. Um, that he mistook her for a prostitute, which yeah. you don't know that. Right. They don't know that. So they're like, so they're just like making a very clear assumption on the case. Mm-hmm. Also, you don't yeah. necessarily, like, this person clearly shows no remorse and no, is deranged no, no. sets up the bodies it's not like afterwards he's like covering the bodies or like putting them in any respectable positions or anything you know he is he wants to be he wants them to be found and mm-hmm. he's purposely posing them in a certain way if like the only way that letter would ever make an impact on someone is if they're if they're kind of showing remorse in their murders and he's not even a little bit yeah and it's just it's so stupid to make an assumption and it's so arrogant of the police to Mm -hmm. be like to then be like oh this letter that we're gonna send him we'll be able to reason with this murderer right they're gonna feel so guilty when they find out she was just a 16 year old innocent girl that they're just gonna come forward (laughs) no way are you nuts it's so stupid it's just them being cocky honestly and thinking that their words are going to change anything like i'm sorry but that's not going to do you any good there no i really don't think that person cares and they don't and yeah all the time that they took writing that letter you know editing it showing it to the rest of the force i don't know what whatever they did nobody and then publishing it that's just wasted time and energy No one said along that whole process, hey, this is probably a dumb idea. Like, (laughs) what they should have been doing is, you know, trying to uh, criminally profile this person and being like, hey, public, this is what we're looking for. Or like, you know, if you you are a sex worker, this is what to look out for. You know, like something Mm -hmm. warning the public, not addressing the freaking killer. Yeah. That's just a waste of time. Yeah. And that's giving him t- attention he wants. Exactly. That's why I think things like tactics like that are so dumb. I don't think they work 
Like when, when has that ever worked? Show me. I know. And it's almost encouraging the whole Ripper idea of it because mm -hmm. the Ripper was, I mean, supposedly communicating with the police. Yeah. And yep. we don't know for sure if that was actually the Ripper, but like, that's the whole thing is like, he would write letters and sign at the Ripper Exactly. And it's like, that's what they want. Why are you giving mm. that to them without them even reaching out to you first? Right. So, like, don't do that. Don't play into their hands, basically. Yes. So annoying. Yeah. Well, obviously, that tactic did not work because in July 1977, Maureen Long was attacked. She was struck on the back of the head, stabbed five, five times, but... She was the first to survive. She was a survivor. Wow. Um, Maureen was at the disco and she took a car home and she was dropped off near a waste ground, which is like, you know, the dump, <laughs> as we'd say. And that's where she was attacked. He hit her from behind with a hammer and stabbed her in the chest and left her for dead, basically. And luckily, she lived and managed to find help. Um, and the police were very excited that she lived, obviously because she lived, but also they're like, okay, we have someone who saw him, someone who has a lead. This could blow the case open. Yeah. But sadly, brain damage had destroyed <laughs> her memory cells and she could not remember anything after leaving the venue. Of course. That night. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. She just suffered a traumatic brain injury. She yeah, just... Got smacked in the head with a hammer. Yep. So that oh lead gosh. goes nowhere, unfortunately. That doesn't like that's so weird. That does that's not his typical mo to just yeah. leave them for dead. Yeah. There it's, must have been something that spooked him a little bit. Whatever mm -hmm. it was, like in a rush or something. I don't know, but she's very lucky. Yes, she, she is. Lived. Um. Andy Laptu, the officer, was asked to take Maureen to the disco and sit there pretending to be on a date to see if she could identify him, like, to see if he had gone back to, like, pick up other women. They saw nothing, saw nobody. Um, however, the incident room at the police station was working nonstop on calls and tips that were coming in. And this was all on paper. Um they were written on index cards and filed away alphabetically. And after a name came up more than once from a phone call, the information was then filed to action where an interview or something would be required. And there were hundreds and hundreds of piles of paper just everywhere, which would stress me out so much. I can't even imagine how they did all of that on paper. Yeah. How do you even keep track of that? Like, if a certain name pops up more than once and then you're you have to file through like hundreds of them that's insane that'd take just, forever to like find anything yeah on a computer that'd be so easy yeah oh my gosh <laughs> that's that's a little rough it would drive me insane couldn't be me yes um in october 1977 Bruce Jones finds a girl on his land where he gardens and plants vegetables, and he accidentally rolled his wheelbarrow over her before realizing she was there. No. Um, oh. 
And when he talks about it in like the documentary, oh my god, he sounds so emotional about it. Like, like really terrible. Like he can't help it. He didn't know. Like, uh, yeah, oh no, yeah. I mean, um, it's just traumatizing to find, like, oh, what's this? And then you realize what you just hit. Yeah, that's horrible. Uh, that's yeah. very traumatizing for him. And she was in pretty bad shape her hair was burnt her face was smashed her breasts were cut off and she was disemboweled so that was like far beyond anything they had seen at this point see Uh, so like escalating yeah for sure that's what i kind of thought that's why i'm surprised that that one girl only got stabbed five times Mm -hmm. and survived like i would imagine he'd be escalating Maybe he was like, this one's not getting away. Right. Like he knew, he probably knew Maureen had lived and everything. And this was just like so much worse after that. Um, Her name was Jean Jordan. She was naked. Her clothes were scattered around her. Um, She was a prostitute of the Yorkshire area, but she was found in Manchester three months after the last murders. So... She's not from Manchester, but her body was left there. So now he's, like, spreading out and, like, leaving bodies elsewhere. So making the circle bigger, basically. Yeah. I mean, I bet the police presence, you know, was a lot higher. Yeah. Where he usually would go. So excited to find a new place. Jean was at first shoved under a hedge, but then when nobody discovered her, he returned to the body and laid her out very publicly in the garden. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. So, like, ballsy enough to go back to the scene of your crime and move a body again. Like, it's difficult. That... I would say it's probably difficult enough trying to hide it once or not hide See, it. but he wants the attention. Yeah. Oh, and the injuries to her abdomen, like the disembowelment, were much, much later after um, her death. After So they believe like when he went back to move the body, that's when he did that. Um, like he didn't initially cut her up like that. Um, and it was probably like a, well, you didn't find the body. I want you to find it. Here's even more gruesome of a scene kind of attitude. Yeah what that is so messed up that is that's so disturbing Mm -hmm. that someone can do that to another human and then like post-mortem like that like way after they've already started like similar decomp that's Mm -hmm. so disturbing yeah gosh and then they also realized that a new five-pound note was in this hidden pocket of her purse, um, <clears throat> which, if you're not familiar, that is British money, a five-pound note, like a five-dollar bill. Um, the serial number of this note was traced, and police believe that he had come back for it, realizing it was very traceable because it was a brand new note, dollar bill, whatever. Um but he couldn't find it because it was in that hidden pocket. Um, and they think possibly he also like angrily attacked her because he couldn't find this money that um, it had all, since it was brand new, it had been traced back to an employer 
Um, so they knew like what company that that money had been sent to. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So they sent That's a good move. People, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> they sent people to interview everyone at the like, I think, three potential companies that this could have been sent to. But it was still like an overwhelming amount of people. So it was very difficult to weed through that. Um, and then Marilyn Moore was the second victim who was attacked and she survived. She recalls not feeling the first blow to the back of her head, but she felt the second and the third. And she grabbed his pants and he pulled away from her and ran off. And she remembers hearing his tires skidding as he drove off. Um, so once again, like something must have like maybe like her trying to fight back, like pulling on him, scared him enough that he yeah, left. Or maybe the fact that she didn't go down after <laughs> after three blows. Yeah. He probably got thrown off mm-hmm. by that. Yeah. He's used to just a couple blows to the head. Yeah. The- okay. Just go. I'm sorry. Going back to the five dollar note thing or five five pound note thing Uh so they were sincerely thinking like oh he went back for it because it's traceable Uh it's not very common now i didn't well i don't know i that'd be that's really not something that a lot of people would think about you think about yeah i probably wouldn't um but that was revealed i will say to be true he really he he did say he did go back for that five pound note yeah, he what the heck? Mm-hmm. That is totally not realized that would cross my. I thought brain. once money was in circulation, it did not get traced. Me either. I don't know how it works. <laughs> or like, yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh, this looks like a nice crisp five pound note. I'm gonna. I know it's brand new. I don't this know. Looks new. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, the tire marks from the scene of Marilyn's attack matched the ones found at Irene Richardson's murder. And Marilyn was able to provide a description because she did remember what he looked like. She said he was about 30 years old, had dark hair, dark beard, and she provided enough for a police sketch. Um, And then Angela Gallup is hired. She is the first woman hired for the forensic team um in that area and helen ritka was the next victim that was found she was found in a timber yard by police dogs that were on patrol um and angela was called to the scene it was very wet muddy dark full of splintered wood and sadly again he's careful enough to not leave anything behind they really didn't find anything like, no fingerprints, DNA, nothing. That's insane that literally after all of these murders, he ends up with they literally one person, one description, and a pos- three possible companies this person can work at. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. That's, like, not anything. I know. It's, like... So much and so little at the same time. Right. And like, there's no, 
there's no end in sight. Like he mm-hmm. just keeps on killing. Yep. Um. So after Helen's murder, um, there's even more panic. They're getting so many calls into the police station, thousands every week, hundreds of thousands of papers that need filing. Um, they said that a football field could have been filled with the millions of papers that they had. Um, structural engineers had to come into the building and they said that at this rate, the floor was going to fall in from the amount of heavy piles of paper that they had of you all the are paperwork. Me. So they had to put concrete pillars underneath the floor um, to keep it from falling. That's how much paperwork they had, like, to go through. Okay, like, that is so difficult because who's going through this? And how do you know that information, that's, how do you keep all the information straight, you know? Yeah. Say that he's driving a, a blue car and there are all these reports of this blue car coming in, but they miss it because you know they they are reading through so mm-hmm. much yeah and h- how does someone keep that all straight i don't get it but i don't, don't really have any other system right that's the thing is my brain has a really hard time of grasping any system before computers i know it's like computers <laughs> make things so much easier i know i wonder how much sooner this person would have been caught with the technology we have today yeah just even just the um forensic technology mm-hmm. we have today yeah i i don't think they would have gotten along away with it for this long with with that mm-hmm. hopefully not yeah um one month after helen's murder yvonne pearson is found march 1978 on easter sunday um she was found under a couch in a garbage dump like her arm was hanging out from under the couch and she was also found with a newspaper dated february 21st 1978 placed in her hand um so and they realized after examining her body she had been killed two months earlier and they were just now finding her and the killer had gone back and, like, put the newspaper with the date she was murdered, like, by her body. Like, taunting them. Like, I murdered her ages ago. This is the date I murdered her. And you're just now finding her. Like, leaving that for them. <laughs> specifically that date. That is insane. It's so disgusting. What the heck? Yeah. I mean, I mean that's kind of concealed. Putting her under a couch. Yeah. Like that yeah not fully out like yeah the others mm-hmm. just like her arm it was all you could see um the police are being absolutely shredded by the public they had with trying to check people's plates and tires and things they had checked five million vehicles and nothing that lead was abandoned um because that search was doing absolutely nothing Right. And in May 1978 in Manchester, 41-year-old Vera Millard or Millward was found in the gardens of a hospital on hospital <laughs> grounds. Her body was found there. Um she had been dragged 
toward a walkway. Um, there were there were workers, patients, and floodlights on at night, and still nobody saw anything, which is right. just unbelievable to me. They must not have had cameras or anything um, it's at just, that time. I mean, literally, I've been around the hospital at all hours, pretty much, like because I did a little bit of night shift work too. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, I feel like anytime I've gone out of the hospital i see someone walking around you know just like someone else walking to their car people going into the er people are around no matter what time it is yeah that's like those that's that's a place that never sleeps Mm -hmm. so that is ballsy Mm -hmm. definitely definitely that's a scary thought that he got away with that with yeah that many people that surely were around Mm mm-hmm um, so at this point, the police asked the Ripper on TV basically to give himself up. Um, uh, like the local bishops, the forensic teams, they all like, and other people in authority, they, like, they all went on TV and was like, give yourself up. You've proved your point. When is this going to end? Blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing. Um, and after that. George Oldfield, who was in charge of this case, was sent a letter, and then he received more, and all of the letters were signed Jack the Ripper. Um, So now he's basically copying the original. Um, Like, no, I'm not going to give myself up. In fact, I'm going to send you letters and sign it Jack the Ripper. Because is this definitely this guy or could this have just been somebody messing with them? I think it is. They don't 100%. The guy who it ends up being claims that it was him. Okay. Yeah. That is so weird. For one, Jack the Ripper is already a person that lived and died years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Almost 100 years before this. Yeah. Like, why? I mean, I I can see he clearly wants the attention. Mm-hmm. But give yourself a different name, dude. Right. That name's already used. Like, if you really, if you want so much attention, why are you copying somebody else? You know? Yeah. Yeah, this is your, your time to shine. Give yourself some other, <laughs> other stupid name. Literally. Sam know. the Slasher. I don't know. I'm sorry. The hash slinging yeah. I think I've said that like you said that how many times on here. <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned that the last episode too. Everything goes back to SpongeBob with me. Sorry, <laughs> even this somehow, some way. Oh man, I just I need to stop saying the word slasher. All I think of, I hear that word. Okay, um. The letter referred to Vera as being in the hospital for operations, which was true, and it was not public. So they are, the police are thinking, like, this must be the guy, because who else would know that kind of detail about Vera, who was the woman found at the hospital? Um, So then they start doing tests on it. And fingerprints and saliva samples from the letter were lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Angela Gallup discovered it was from a man who was a bee secretor, which is a very rare ABO group, only about 6% of men. Um, Interesting. Yes. So they a finally... Secretor. I Yeah, I like I couldn't tell you what that means. I know it has something to do with <laughs> saliva or whatever in your mouth. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and it was finally a way to narrow down men in the area to 6% of men. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. Um, okay. Well, we're running out of time again and I do have a lot left. So I think we should probably split this into two parts and I'll probably end it there. Okay. All right. So like, I don't want to take up your whole night. (laughs) There's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, no, that, that works for our listeners too. Oh my goodness. This is crazy. Yeah. So now we're leaving it where they have a really, really good clue, narrowing it down to like, at least if they have suspects, they can see if they're, if he is a bee secretor. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really significant, Mm -hmm. but they haven't had any good leads yet. Yeah. Everything they've had has just like died and fallen apart. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy is so messed up. I, I'm interested to see, like, if he's actually a functional member of society. Yeah. I wonder if he has like a wife. What kind of person. Yeah. I'm very curious. So I guess we'll learn all that next episode. Yes, I will. Yeah, I was already when we started today, I was like, I don't know if we'll, I'll get through everything. Yeah, that's a lot. Time. That's a lot there's, of information. There's a lot. So we will have definitely a part two next week. Okay about this sounds good so yeah um yorkshire is it yorkshire or yorkshire 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 yeah yorkshire ripper yorkshire (laughs) (laughs) or um sam the slasher not jack the ripper that's already a person no (laughs) i hate that he's like what is he doing why is he trying to take that guy's name thinks he's gonna be even more famous i guess but same yeah, thing, like whatever, dude. Make yeah, be a yeah. little bit more original. Come on, man. He's like, let me make a name for myself, but actually, let me not. Let me copy <laughs> someone else. Yeah, uh, I mean, copycat killers are. Yeah, that there's no originality there, man. No, none. I don't know. That's just so messed up. All right. Well, anyway, on that note, I'm Casey. I'm Emily. And you just heard Macabre Minds. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam.